Songezo Mapepe on SAFM. Indeed, we are here, 2118. Business of the day is a focus on employers and whether or not they can require their employees to take a vaccination. There's a high bar constitutionally here, but let's have a conversation with an HR specialist and former commissioner at the CCMA. This is somebody who's no stranger to this platform and to my cell phone in private, Dr. Linda Mayer. Doc, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. So good to hear your voice. Certainly great to have you on the show with your wisdom and counsel and experience, of course. Let's now take off the education hat that you most of the time will wear. Let's go back to your previous life, HR specialist and former commissioner at the CCMA, and let's ask the critical questions around a mandatory vaccination policy in the workplace. What is obvious about this insofar as it relates to being a challenge for the employer to implement such a policy? Well, we must remember that government has released guidelines that every employer needs to implement in the workplace. So this means that you need to write a policy where you outline why it is necessary for employees in your workplace to be vaccinated. So it might be that you are in a highly commercial environment where there's engagement with clients, for example, or you might be in an environment where you you need to ensure that, for example, in schools, that there's large volumes of people that you engage with. So the workplace needs to define that policy. That's the most important thing. Because you can't take action in enforcing a vaccination policy if you haven't prepared the frame. Now, the the policy uh, before the guidelines were released, we emphatically said that, that it would be an infringement on, on your constitutional rights. But it still is, for the for an employee can still refuse and say, that based on religion, uh, religious beliefs, or bodily integrity, uh, or medical grounds, that I cannot take this vaccine. But what has now happened within the particular frame, and the steps that employers need to take, and the first is that they need to obviously take account of the operational requirements of their workplace. And the, the primary thing that we must remember is that the directives that are given in terms of the vaccination policy is in terms of the Occupational Health and Safety Act, which requires every employer to ensure that their employees are working in a safe working environment, that their health and safety is not compromised. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I hope you, you don't mind me going on. Just stop Go me for it. Time. Go for it. Okay. So secondly, you need to do a risk assessment to understand, is it necessary that you enforce vaccinations? Because you must remember one thing. Getting a vaccine doesn't mean that people are less susceptible to getting the virus. What it does mean is that they are better able to cope. What we can see from statistics, people that die or end up in hospital predominantly are people that have not had the vaccine. So you must pragmatically evaluate it. The third thing is that if you require your employees to be vaccinated, that you need to make time available and transport available for them to have these uh, particular, you know, to have the first or, or second vaccine, mm-hmm. whether it's Johnson or Johnson or Pfizer, etc., that, that you make that available. Before you go there, to facilitate Doc, that. Before yes. you go there, as to the modalities of now making the policy a real living document, can we just go back to the first principles of the constitutional order? 
um, the occupational health aspects of what you referred to earlier on that require the employer to ensure a safe working and healthy environment for its employees is certainly a requirement that ought to be met. It's a constitutional guarantee in many respects, right? As is the com as as is the obliga or rather as is my right as an individual to bodily integrity, which is a chapter two constitutional guarantee for which there is no limitation. Now there might seem to be a balancing of rights that has to be deployed by the employer because there's a constitutional right that says I do not have to, or rather I cannot force Linda to undergo something against her bodily, against her body that she's of the view defeats her bodily integrity. That's one. I, as an employer, equally have to ensure that Lesejo and Phineas and Tabiso and everybody else has a safe working environment. No policy is going to cure that because a policy is just that. It's a policy. It's not law. Right now, let's have a legal discussion. Yes, so, so that is quite correct. Uh, employees can decline to get vaccinated on the ground of bodily integrity. In terms of Section 12.2 of the freedom of religion, belief, and opinion, as cited in, uh, you know, in Section 13 yeah. of the Constitution. But the medical reasons and, and the decision that you make, you need to understand is within the frame of the employer's right that has been given with this amended regulation that says that an employer can force employees to get the vaccine if they want to remain in that particular workplace if it is not, um, you know, where, where they are putting themselves and, and uh, the other workers in, in jeopardy. But what does this really mean? It means that employers should be very mindful about enforcing rules like this because we're walking a very, a very narrow line um, of enforcing what we think is right against balancing your rights in terms of the Constitution. And wh what is it that we say? We say to employers, if employees can work from home and are refusing to take the vaccine, you seriously need to evaluate whether it's necessary for that person to be in the workplace. Because as we said earlier, getting the vaccine doesn't mean that they are at a higher risk of being infected. It's their health that is being detrimentally um, compromised. So the issue is then, what is it that we say? We say, can you work from home? If you can't work from home, why is it that you can't work from home? You're a frontline worker. Why do you not want to take the vaccine? I don't want to take the vaccine for religious reasons. It's not a medical reason. So what is the employer's right? In terms of the frame, the employer may now progress to a process of operational requirements and retrenching employees for not being able to work. So some, some debates are that employees could be dismissed, others centering around that operational requirements, uh, provisions need to be met. But the fact of the matter is that this regulation has opened a whole kind of worms. And it's Absolutely. something as, as a workplace that you are going to have to take a very serious moral evaluation, because this is an ethical question, forcing people to do something. And I, I go back to the point around what is the reason of vaccinating people? It's to protect them so that their chances of, of dying from 
contracting COVID is minimized. It doesn't mean when you vaccine that other people in the workplace are at a measured chance of uh, if you vaccine, if you receive the vaccine, getting COVID is not in any way minimized. It's about your body's reaction and how you recover from that. So employers need to balance that and ask themselves these very critical questions and and be mindful. Because mm. once you go down this road, mm. once you go down this road of forcing people to do this, Absolutely. what is the next thing that, that we're going to do? So for me, I am vaccined. I encourage people to, to get the, I encourage everyone to get the vaccine because that is my belief. But do I have the right to impose my belief on somebody else, it now becomes a moral and ethical question and not so much a legal question. And precisely because of what you'll say, I'm just going to pretend now I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm going to say I don't believe in vaccines. Vaccines have carried, I mean, my body has carried me up to this point. And as I have survived COVID, I don't feel there's a need for me to do anything more to my body because my body has carried me. Now, those are the beliefs that invariably will be contesting this. And it's going to turn mother on child here and much more in the employment sector. Now, I I am interested if there is a listener out there who can actually tell us a live story as to what's going on in one's workplace. Is there such a policy? Is there such a demand? Are there such options put to you, vax or you're out? I, I wonder what is now happening on the ground because this is going to have commissioners at the CCMA scratching their heads, not just on a legal ground, but on a moral ground and whatever beliefs they might even hold themselves going into such disputes. Because ultimately here, and we are in territory where the constitution could never have foreseen such eventualities, certainly you don't build a constitution around a vaccine that you don't know. So here we are now, constitutional imperatives squarely facing each other creating a workplace that is safe for all and bodily integrity. Ultimately, I think it boils down to those questions. And I'd be much much appreciative if you could participate in this conversation that I have with Dr. Linda Mayer. Doc, I get dismissed for not taking the vaccine. I go to the CCM on the basis of unfair labor practice. Now what? Because I could legitimately say I don't want the vaccine, I have survived COVID when I had it. And as you correctly say, the vaccine is going to do no more than make the COVID virus, if it should enter your system, that much less, if you like, disruptive to your systems. Doesn't change anything else other than that. Now, I say I've had COVID, I've survived COVID. I'm especially of the view that I don't need a COVID vaccination. And if all else fails, I have a right to my body and including not taking a vaccine that I do not want to know policy because ultimately it boils down to it being a policy not law requiring a vaccine it's a policy now that policy can't be elevated to the extent of extinguishing my rights that's what I would say before the CCMA yes but we must remember that that Medlac has agreed on this policy frame and this road that we are going down. So when we get to the CCMA, we must remember that when the commissioner evaluates this case, it, it is going to be on the frame of what is legally permissible. But I must ask, and I, I, and I don't want to believe that employers are just blanketly going to force this on employees. Mm-hmm. There might be some, mm. but we must remember that labor relations is about 
collective engagement. It's about collective bargaining. And in smaller workplaces, it's about sitting back and really taking, have, having engaged discussions with your employees around what this means. So does this mean that you, that you will agree in the workplace that everyone's going to wear N95 masks, that everyone will uh, have a particular protocol that they follow? I just want to caution workplaces not just to jump in and take the, the easy road and force people to do things. Because, you know, it, it's like a child. When you force them, the buy-in is just, is, is, is really problematic because people are feeling forced and they might resent mm. what is being mm. done to them. Mm. So rather have an engaged discussion, get, get uh, professionals. You know, there's millions of, of webcasts that you can share with your workplace and engage. Rather enter into collective discussions, collective bargaining, um, and, and, and make sure that it is the best course of action for your workplace before you just start having this autocratic view of just imposing frames on, on, on members of, uh, of your workplace because it, it, it really would be counterproductive in, in the long term, in my view. Let's take calls. Let's take calls. We have Mark in Germiston and Jay in Durban. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Jay. Go for it, Mark. Good evening. Mark? Was that Jay? We've yeah, lost Mark. I beg your pardon, it's Jay. I beg your pardon. Come through, Jay. Okay, good evening, and good evening to our guests. My um, question here is, uh, when a child has to be admitted in school, they have to produce all the uh, medical reports the, uh, from birth to the admission in school. They have to have all the vaccines. Now, without the medical report, the school would not accept the child in school. So likewise, future applicants at any work premises on the application form is going to demand a certificate of, of your vaccine. So what is going to happen then? How are you going to produce your certificate if you didn't take your vaccine? So this is what I'm looking at, this scenario. It, that's how it's going to really make sure that every citizen get this vaccine. So, and, and I think in the future, it's going to be an ongoing thing. It's going to be a six-monthly vaccine or maybe an annual thing. So we better get used right from now about the old scenario of having a certificate to produce, even maybe getting into a mall or taxi or public premises, even to a, in an airplane without the certificate. You cannot be admitted. It's getting there, certainly. Thank you very much. you good drive evening. a good point, Jay. It's getting there. Just in the conversation before, I heard that at the U.S. Open Tennis Championships, only those fans who have vaccines and can prove through a certificate will be allowed into the precinct. Are we going there, Linda? Um, so this way, yes, I think that that um, this is this is not unrealistic. What what the caller is saying that workplaces will require this into the future. But w what we're saying is that we, we are talking about people in your workplace right now and how the steps, what steps you're going to take to force them to comply with what it is that you want for this vaccine to be implemented. And I go back to the point. If you have the vaccine, it doesn't mean that your chances are any less in infecting people. It does as a collective and uh, a social compact allow us to have uh, what we what we refer to as herd immunity work towards mm -hmm. that. I'm all for vaccines, but 
we must be mindful about the consequences um, of forcing people to do things. Don't you wish you were well. still at the CCMA engaging such very <laughs> vexing questions of law and morality in many respects? Yes, I, th- I think that, um, that it's not just the CCMA, right? It's, it's MEDLAC, it's the entire civil society mm-hmm. that is engaged with this question around what we do to protect ourselves. Because most of us have lost close friends, family members, and it's been devastating. Um, and, and what is a vaccine? You know, we, we all got the vaccine, we've all got it on our arm, the proof. Those of us that are, you know, that, that for polio and all of these things, it, it's become a norm. And most of us get, well, I don't know, I don't want to say most, but I certainly get the flu vaccine every year. So, and, and this is obviously um, a, a derivative um, exponentially of that. But yeah. vaccines are not something new. But the question is now, is this the type of vaccine that must be forced onto people? And, and that, is, that is the moral and ethical question. Only time will tell how this will pan out, and we'll be sure to call on your wisdom and counsel again, Dr. Linda Mayer, HR specialist and former CCMA commissioner, talking to us about vaccination policies in the workplace. Thanks, Linda. Thank you. Have a good evening. Good Thank time. you so much. You too. 21.35, 11 minutes to go. One more story. Hashtag Health on Monday.